Welcome back to another episode of the Hockey Talk podcast, giving you up-to-date news, stats, and scores from around the NHL. My name is Will, and I'm your host of the Hockey Talk podcast, and today we are going to be taking a look at some of the rumors, trades, and signings that have been going on around the NHL. But first, a message from our sponsors. Now that that's over with, we're going to get right into it here. We're going to start off with the rumors, then go to the trades, and then go to the signings. The first rumor we have on our list is that the Carolina Hurricanes reportedly have interest in goaltender Frederick Anderson from the Toronto Maple Leafs. It has been said that the Leafs do want to find another goaltender besides Frederick Anderson, but before trading him or moving on from him, they want to find an upgrade first. They don't want to trade away Anderson and then get stuck and not be able to sign or find anyone else or trade for someone and then not have a goalie going into next season. Some of the possible UFAs and RFAs that are going to become available to the Toronto Maple Leafs are Braden Holpe, Jacob Markstrom, and Matt Murray, which are three very solid goaltenders. Anderson Anderson's contract is one year left at $5 million. So it's not a bad contract for how Anderson is played. If they get rid of Anderson, the Maple Leafs will have around $12 million in cap space to play with for a goalie and possibly that right shot defenseman that they need up front. Um, some of that money is come from the Kasperi Kapanen trade with the Penguins. We'll get into more of that later. Um, but yeah, twelve million to play with is is very good for for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think that they could do do a lot with that twelve million and really really utilize that. Ford Michael Granlin, Mikhail, Mikhail, I don't know what I don't know how to pronounce his name. Mikhail Granlund of the Nashville Predators wants to test free agency after a very poor showing in Nashville this season. So if you guys didn't know, Mikhail Granlund and Kevin Fiala were swapped in a one-for-one trade with Minnesota. Kevin Fiala went to Minnesota while Mikhail Granlin came the other way. And got sent to Nashville. Now, they were both looking for new situations. They were both struggling a little bit with where they were. Uh, Granlin, not as much as he is now. But Fiala has definitely done really well for Minnesota. And he's looking, and it's looking like a good trade for Minnesota at this point. Um, Granlund had 67 points in the 18-19 season and just 35 points this season, so a major drop-off. He wasn't fitting in well in Nashville. It had been said before that Granlin probably wasn't going to re-sign. He hasn't been playing as well as he was in Minnesota, especially after that trade. He just did not fit well in the lineup and his play showed that he isn't put he didn't put up the numbers in Nashville that he did in Minnesota. Now on to the next rumor we have Washington Capitals general manager coming out and saying that he expects Braden Holtby to leave for free agency this offseason. 
So that leads everyone to believe that they are not giving Braden Holpe enough. Well, that it does. That's what it says. The general manager came out and said he basically came out and said, oh, "We're not going to re-sign Braden Holpe. He's going to go to free agency." So Braden Holpe is going to be a free agent. So, I mean, he's still a pretty decent goalie. He did really well. He had a really good run with the Capitals. He helped the Capitals. It was a big part in the Capitals Stanley Cup. And I think that depending on the team that gets him, he could he's still good enough to be a starting goaltender and he's still he's still um he can still help a team that needs a new goaltender like the um Toronto Maple Leafs that are looking for a new goaltender. I think Holpe Holpe might not be the best fit for Toronto, but he definitely would help Toronto better than I think Anderson would have done. Now, this season, Holpe had a 3.11 goals against average and an 8.97 save percentage with zero shutouts. He is 31 years old, but his numbers his numbers aren't as this was his worst season. His numbers aren't as good as they have been in previous seasons, but I definitely think that he can have a bounce back year with a good enough team. Uh, the Capitals got bounced out in the first round again this year in the playoffs. So, I mean, the Capitals are still a good team, but if an even better team is put in front of Holpe, he might do he might do better. I mean, maybe maybe not the Leafs because of their defensive situation in Toronto, but I mean, anything can happen this offseason. I mean, who knows that the Leafs could sign him. They could Nah, they could run with someone completely different. Who knows at this point? Um, he is 31 years old, so he is around the same age as Frederick Anderson. I don't think the Leafs are going to get someone... They're not going to get a very young goalie. I mean, maybe they start looking for someone in the draft. Um, who knows? Maybe they sign Holpe or one of those older... Um, one of those older free agent goaltenders to a one or two year deal, find someone that it probably would be longer than that, probably be a three or four year deal um, and find someone in the draft, trade for a good young goalie prospect and then build him up so that in a couple years he can be he can be the starter in Toronto. Moving on to the next rumor. Reports say that the Minnesota Wild are actively shopping Matthew Dumba. Their tar- their target is an impact top six center. Not, I mean, Minnesota definitely needs some more depth on their team. Um, they don't have a super deep team, but their team isn't terrible. Their Minnesota is kind of in a bad situation. They're always, they're pretty much right in the middle. They're not quite good enough to make the playoffs I mean maybe some years they can pull it off and barely squeak in but they're not bad enough to tank and get a top draft pick in some of the drafts and get a good a very good a very solid young prospect so they have to make up their minds do we want to trade for players to win now and win a couple years in the future or do we want to trade away some of our older assets for draft picks and younger players and prospects so that we can have 
a better team for a longer period of time farther ahead in the future. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the Minnesota Wild do. I mean, I didn't expect Matt Dumba to be one of the people that they could trade. Matt Dumba is a solid, he's a solid depth defenseman. He's not going to be a guy and he's not going to come in and he's not going to be on your top pair. He's not going to, you're not going to trade him to a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins um, on TSN's trade bait list, Chris Letang was on there. So if the Penguins trade Chris Letang, they can't go and get a guy like Matt Dumba and expect him to take over that role that Chris Letang had. He's not going to be the number one defenseman on your team. He's not going to be a first-pairing guy either, like I said. He's probably going to be a second-line, second second-pairing guy with that provides that great depth for your team. Dumba had 24 points in 69 games. Six goals and 24 points, sorry, in 69 games this season. His offensive numbers have been better. Um, not the best season from Dumba with just 24 points, but he is, he can be a pretty offensive player. He can get, he's definitely capable of that 20-point range consistently, but I do think that he is a player that can have an upside of a 30 to 40 point solid depth defenseman. He's not going to go out and be that number one defenseman that gets you 70, 80 points as a defenseman. He'll get you at best 30 to 40 points as a depth defenseman on your team. So who knows what's going to happen with that? I mean, people always, teams always say that they're shopping and uh, people come out and say that these teams are shopping players like this and then you find out that nothing really nothing really happens or something happens but it's a long way down the road so it'll be interesting to see if anything happens there in Minnesota with Matt Dumba but it's definitely an interesting topic <clears throat> uh, the next the next um, rumor we have on the list is Kyle Clifford is expected to leave the Leafs in free agency this season the Toronto Maple Leafs got Kyle Clifford as a gritty fourth liner a guy that can go out there and provide some grit to the team and not and go out there and stand up for the younger guys you know they have a lot of young Matthews Marner I mean Tavares is older but Tavares hasn't been known to be that guy to stand up so you get you get a fourth a gritty fourth liner that can fight that can really rough up the other team and say hey don't mess with the young guys are, I'll come after you, you know? So that's why the Maple Leafs got, got Clifford. I mean, he's also a decent depth player. I mean, he's only a fourth liner, third liner at best, but he, he doesn't really put up points, you know? He's not a guy that's going to get, he's not going to be a depth guy that goes out and gets you 20, 30 points a season consistently. That's just, that's just not how he, how he plays. So who else this season needs a gritty, guy to stick up for their for their young players and which teams need someone that they can get like Kyle Clifford pretty cheap um I I wouldn't expect anyone to pay Kyle Clifford more than three million dollars for over four seasons I don't see anyone locking up Kyle Kyle Clifford's I mean he's like I said he's not a guy that's going to get you a ton of points every season consistently um 
So I can't see anyone wanting to lock him up, per se, for a long term. I mean, maybe maybe another two or three year deal at no more than three million. I can't see any team paying Kyle Clifford more than three million dollars. But he's definitely he's definitely a uh, a player that can go out and protect your protect your young guys, like I said. Now our next rumor, we have three left. This next one is from the Minnesota Wild again. And the Minnesota Wild have announced that they will not re-sign Miko Koivu after being with the club for 15 seasons. So Miko Koivu is an older guy. I think he's like 34, 35 years old. He's been with the Minnesota Wild for 15, 15 seasons. Um, he, he's like a fourth line, not a fourth line. He's, he's like a third, he's, he's a top nine player. He can come in play center on your third line and get you, you know, 20, 20, 30 points at best. Uh, this season Koivu had, Koivu is definitely regressing. He isn't, he's getting out of his prime. He's not putting up as many points. Um, like I said, if the Minnesota Wild want to get, want to get younger and they want to start being able to compete, they have to let guys go like Miku Koivu, who is going to take up two, three million dollars of cap space, which you can use to go get a, a very solid young player that can play on your top six. So I think this is a smart move by Minnesota. Uh, this season, Koivu had four goals and 21 points in 55 games. Um, like I said, he's a guy that can come in, play on your third line, and you know get you 20 to 30 points in a good season. Um, he's no he's no superstar. He was definitely better when he was younger, but most players are. Um, there's not much to say about this. I mean, I could see teams wanting to pick him up to add depth to their teams. Um, I think Koivu will fetch, I don't think, again, I don't think he'll get a long-term deal, maybe two, three years at no more than four million. I don't think anyone's going to wildly overpay for Miku Koivu. He's not that good. If I'm being, if I'm going to be honest here, he's not that good. He's not good enough to fetch more than four million at this, at this period in time and how he's playing. How he's been playing lately, and of course his age, he's definitely gonna fall off a cliff at some point. This is probably the biggest. This next rumor is probably the biggest out of all the rumors that I have today. There's this one and one other, and they're probably the two biggest ones that I have on my list. So talks between Alex Petrangelo and the St. Louis Blues have broken off completely. The Blues have told. Petrangelo to pursue free agency. Now, at the start of the 2019-2020 season, before any games were played, we everyone knew that the Blues would have to free up a ton of cap space. They were tight against the cap. We knew that the Blues were going to have to shed a ton of cap space if they wanted to keep Petrangelo. Petrangelo is 29 years old. He's just he's still in his prime. I think he's still in his prime anyway. Um 
he is a very, very good offensive defenseman. He can get you points. He can be your number one defenseman. Now, earlier, after the Blues got bounced out of the playoffs, we did see some spots of light where the Blues were trying to free up cap space. They traded away Jake Allen for a couple draft picks to try and free up some more cap space. But at the end of the day, they just they just they just can't keep everyone, you know? And I guess the Blues feel that they don't need Petrangelo to keep going to be a successful team. I and many other people think otherwise. I think Alex Petrangelo is a huge, huge part of that St. Louis Blues team and a huge reason why they were able to do what they did last season and win the Stanley Cup. Now, he is the biggest potential free agent. Everyone knows, everyone knew that if Alex Petrangelo was going into free agency, he was going to be the number one free agent. He was going to be the guy that was going to have a lot of interest. He had 16 goals and 52 points in 55 to 60 games, which isn't 52 points in 55 to 60 games this season is very, very good for a defenseman. He's still very good defensively, but he's very good offensively. So, like I was talking about earlier, the Toronto Maple Leafs have a lot of cap space. They need to sign a goaltender if they want to upgrade from Frederick Anderson. But other than that, they really don't need anything. And Petrangelo is that perfect number one left shot or right shot defenseman that they've been looking for. And with the cap space that the Maple Leafs have, possibly having to shed some more cap space, I have no reason to be- I have reason to believe that the Maple Leafs are going to have great interest in Petrangelo this offseason. I don't know if they can get they'll be able to get the cap space to work, but I mean it could it could work if they if they think that they can run with Anderson and or sign a goaltender, a better goaltender for a little more or the same contract that Anderson is on, they should be able to get Petrangelo as well, which would be huge for the Maple Leafs. <coughs> and the last rumor that I have on my list is the Winnipeg Jets continue to be in serious Patrick Line trade talks. Their biggest targets are a second-line center and any help they can get on defense. Now, Line's contract is one more year at 6 0.75 million. Patrick Line hasn't been great in Winnipeg. He this season he wasn't he wasn't as good as I mean it's like he took a season off. He didn't do as well as people thought he would. He had he's only 22 years old. He just got draft, drafted a couple years ago. He has the most potential in the world. After he was drafted, people started talking to he's a he has a wicked shot. He has a great shot. And people were comparing him to Alex Ovechkin in that fifty goal score amazing shot player 
and I think Patrick Laine has the upside and has the potential to be that guy. I don't think it's working in Winnipeg. I think that Winnipeg should trade Patrick Laine. If it was any other team, if Patrick Laine was on any other team, I don't think that they... I don't think that they would want to trade Patrick Laine if he was on any other team. But because he's on Winnipeg, they have a decent offense. Laine's not a center. He's been playing second he's been playing second line. Kyle Connor is playing above him and Kyle Connor's been playing a lot better than he has. At the end of the day, Kyle Connor has just been playing better than Laine, so Laine's getting second line, Connor's getting first line. Um I feel like he just needs a change of scenery. Now, in return, Patrick Laine could, and if they need to add in a little more, because they are asking a lot in return for Patrick Laine, they will. As everyone knows, Winnipeg has a very weak defense. There's not much there, so any help on defense would be greatly appreciated by the Winnipeg Jets. But the Winnipeg Jets also have been looking for a second-line center. They do not have a um, standout second-line They don't have someone to carry that second line. They have the first line, the first line, Shifley, Wheeler, Connor. And then the second line, there's line A on it, but they don't have... They don't have a center on that line, and you need to be, and you still need to be able to win draws on the second line. You need to have a guy that can win you draws because you can't have your first line center being out on both penalty kill units, on both um, power play units, because no one else on the team can win draws. Um, I feel like any team would love to have line A. Because Line is a goal scorer. And if he can play as well as he's projected to play as well, then a lot of teams would greatly appreciate having him on their team. So, I mean, maybe he doesn't pan out. But I feel like a change of scenery would be great for him. I definitely think that he still has the potential and still has the upside of a great goal scorer and can score 40 to 50 goals in a season. Now that ends it for the rumors that I have in this episode. Next, we are going on to the trades. There are only four trades in that I have uh, found and that I am going to go over in this episode. So let's get right into it. The first trade is between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs send Kasperi Kapanen, Jesper Lindgren, and Pontus Aberg to the Penguins in exchange for a 2020 first-round pick, Evan Rodriguez, Philip Hollander, and David Warsawski. The Leafs needed cap space, and they also... The Leafs needed cap space. Bottom line, the Leafs needed cap space if they wanted to do anything productive this season. We know that they, they shed... 3.2 million off of Kapanen. Kapanen was a depth guy for them. He did produce very well. He put up 13 goals and 36 points in 69 games. But 
I think that they can benefit a lot more from having that extra $3.2 million in cap space than having a guy that gets you 30, 40 points on the third line. <clears throat> also, I think the, I definitely think the Penguins overpaid for those three players in this trade. For the 15th overall pick in this year's draft, which is supposed to be a very, 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 very deep draft. Now, I don't know. Goalie prospects tend to go in later rounds, but if, like I was talking about earlier, if the, um, if the Maple Leafs want to upgrade in the goaltending situation, if they want to get a veteran guy like Holtby signed to a three or four year contract, so that he's still a very solid goaltender for them. But they also have that 15th overall pick. If they can somehow find a way to trade up, use that pick and trade up in the draft, because I don't think Yaroslav Askarov will be at 15. He might be. We saw Spencer Knight go very late in the draft, um, very late in the first round, but because of how good Askarov is, I don't think that he will be there at 15 overall. I do think he could get taken in the top 10 or right outside the top 10. I don't think he'll be there past pick 12. I do not think he'll be there past pick 12. So if the Leafs have interest in Askarov and that's who they want to take in the first round, then I could see them trading up using that 15th overall pick and trading up in the draft to to get him. <clears throat> I mean then again they might not they might not trade up and they might not they might this is like I said this is a very 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 deep draft. There will still be very good players at 15. So they might be happy with getting that 15th overall pick and not trying to trade up. If they don't have to, it might be nice to have a goalie prospect. As far as I know, they don't really have any goalie prospects, but I could be wrong on that. So uh, we can just see what happens. Uh, this is a pretty minor trade. I was talking about this trade when I was talking about Alex Petrangelo and the Blues trying to free up cap space to sign him. The Blues send Jake Allen to Montreal with a 2022 seventh round pick. For a 2027th round pick and a 2023rd, <clears throat> um, Jake Allen is a solid backup. He is not a starter. I don't know if he's even going to get used in Montreal. Montreal has Carey Price as their starter. I am not sure who's backing him up. Jake Allen might be better than the backup they currently have, but maybe not. Um, again, this was just the St. Louis Blues trying to free up cap space to get um, to have cap space for Alex Petrangelo. They freed up, I mean, they were way overpaying for Jake Allen. They have, um, they have their starter. They have a very good starter in Jordan Bennington. Um, they, um, Allen was making $4.35 million. He is not good enough to be making $4.35 million for the next year. It's only one year left, but still, I wouldn't want to be paying that contract. It's an overpayment for Jake Allen. He's not a starter. 
he's a good backup, but he's not a $4.3 million backup. That's all I have to say about that trade. So we're just going to move right on to the next one. The Pittsburgh Penguins have been very active so far in this offseason. I'm not sure what Jim Rutherford is doing over there in Pittsburgh. But a lot of people aren't happy with the trades, the signings that he is making in in Pittsburgh right now. So who knows what's going to happen there. The next trade we have, Pittsburgh Penguins send Nick Buchdad to Minnesota for a conditional pick. The condition on that pick is the Pittsburgh Penguins will receive a 2021 seventh round pick only if Nick Buchstad plays in 70 games next season. <clears throat> now, Nick Buchstad is a, is a good depth forward. He's a good depth forward. He put up 49 points in 82 games in his best season. He didn't have a great season this year because he was injured, and he has gotten injured a lot over his career, and it's not and it's very common to see Buchstad get injured like that. But who knows if he'll play the 70 games. Even if he does play the 70 games, I think that the Minnesota Wild are stealing Nick Buchstad from the Penguins. So they're, the best odds out of this trade is the Penguins will receive a 2021 seventh. So they're giving at best they're giving up Nick Bukestad, who can at it in his best season put up fifty points. In the best scenario possible, the Penguins will get a twenty twenty one seventh round pick. On top of that, Pittsburgh is also retaining fifty percent of his salary. He's making four million dollars, so they're retaining two million dollars on his salary. So the Minnesota Wild are already stealing Bukestad from the Penguins. And on top of that, he's they're having Pittsburgh retain 50% of his salary. This is just this is a bad trade for Pittsburgh. Yeah, they want to free up cap space, but they're not going to free up cap space. They're not going to free up as much cap space as they want. If they're retaining half of players' salaries like this, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't really like this trade. As you can probably tell, I really don't like this trade for the Penguins. I don't think it benefits them at all. But hey, that's just that's just my opinion. The Minnesota Wild swapped Eric Stahl in exchange for Marcus Johansson. So the Minnesota Wild get um, Marcus Johansson from the Buffalo Sabres. And the Buffalo Sabres get Eric Stahl. Um, it's kind of, I mean, obviously, who knows what's going to happen. Whenever a player gets traded, they could play amazing in their new scenario. They could play terrible in their new scenario. So who knows how Stahl's going to do in Buffalo, and who knows how Johansson is going to do in Minnesota. Marcus Johansson is 29, Eric Stahl's like 35, but... They they want to get younger, but is it worth going younger? They are they traded Eric Stahl. They're letting go of Miku Koivu, which are big leaders on that team. So they want to get younger, but do you want to get? Besides, as of, as it stands right now, Eric Stahl is 
the older player and yes at some point he is going to drop off majorly but right now Eric Stahl is still the better player in this trade. Stahl, Stahl's contract is 3.25 million for one more year. He had 19 goals and 47 points in 66 games this season. So Stahl plays a full 82 game season. He's a 50 to maybe 60 point player. Like I said before, he has a very good veteran presence to a young um to a young team. This does work out in Buffalo's favor because they get good veteran presence in their team, which is very which is a very very young team. So, I mean, Stahl will fit in nicely to the Sabres roster. He can be a depth he can be a depth center and get them um, some points, but on the other hand, the Minnesota Wild are getting younger, but they're not getting much more out of this trade. Johansson is making almost a million dollars more than Stahl. He's making four and a, he's making over a million dollars more than Stahl is. He's making four and a half million dollars for one more year. They're both on one-year contracts, and Johansson only had nine goals and thirty points in sixty games this season. So. Stahl had 17 more points, he had 10 more goals than Johansson did, and Johansson also played, uh, Johansson, Johansson played less games, for some reason I thought uh, Stahl played like 59 games or something like that, my bad, but um, I don't, I think um, Buffalo won this trade. Yeah, Johansson's younger, and again, only time will tell how well, they will play with their new teams and in the future. Maybe next season is Stahl's last season in the NHL. Maybe he retires after this. Or maybe he doesn't retire. Maybe he falls off a cliff and only gets gets you 20, 25 points a season after this. The good thing about this, if either of them don't work out, they're on one-year deals. So they'll, their deals will be up in the off-season of 2021. So... That's good news. The last trade I have to talk about before we go and talk about the signings is another Pittsburgh Penguins trade, which I am not happy about at all. Um, hold on. The Pittsburgh Penguins send Patrick Hornquist to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier. Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier for Patrick Hornquist. Okay. This one I'm going to spend some time on. Um, if you follow the Hockey Talk podcast over on Twitter, I made a comment on the Penguins when they said they traded Patrick Hornquist. And basically what I said was Patrick Hornquist is a great depth player. He will play on your third line and get you... This season, he had 32 points in 52 games. He can get you 40 to 50 points in an 82-game season on the third line, which is very, very good. He's a very good depth player. Yes, they did get Kasperi Kapanen to take the place of Patrick Hornquist. And yes, Patrick Hornquist is older. Kapanen's only 24, but... Right now, Hornquist is getting 10, almost 20 points more 
a season than Kapanen is. So in my opinion, that's a downgrade on your third line. Mike Matheson is a bottom pair guy at best. He is not going to come in and he's not going to be, he's definitely not going to be a first line. He's not going to be a top pairing defenseman. He's not going to carry your team. Um, he's not a second pairing guy either. If you have him on the second pair, then your defense depth is horrible. That's just what I'm going to say right now. Your defense, your defense depth is horrible if he's on your second pairing. Um, his offensive game is pretty bad. He has a horrible offensive game. Um, Mathis and, oh, and Matheson's contract is absolutely horrible. Matheson is locked up for six years. Six years at $4.875 million. So they're paying him almost $5 million for six years. And he might, even not, they, he might not even make the Penguins def- defense. He might not even play on the bottom pair. He's young, but he's not worth $5 million for six years. That's for sure. I don't even know why they added in Sevier on this trade. Maybe to make it not look as bad. Sevier had 16 points in 69 games this season. That's... Like his best season, that's his best, like his best season. He's a fourth line guy. He might not even make the fourth line for the Penguins. The Penguins, Jim Rutherford has come out and said that the Penguins are trying to cut their budget as much. They're trying to free up five to ten million dollars in cap space. Yet in this deal, they added on an additional 700k. I don't know what Pittsburgh is doing. Pittsburgh has won a couple Stanley Cups over the last decade or so. The Pittsburgh Penguins have been dominant. But that doesn't mean... And they're still a competitive team. Add a couple young players. Add some... A little bit more depth. Maybe a little bit... Maybe a little more defense. And... They're competitive again. They're very competitive again. I'm not sure what Pittsburgh is doing. I've I looked on Twitter. <coughs> Excuse me. I looked on Twitter. Pittsburgh Penguins tweeted out that they traded Hornquist for Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier. All I saw in the comments on that tweet was Penguins fans absolutely enraged on this trade. Absolutely hated this trade. And I can see why. I would be mad if I was a Penguins fan. I don't know what Pittsburgh's doing. Um, I really don't. I guess we're just going to have to see what what uh, what comes out of this. Um, how Pittsburgh does next season is really going to interest me. If either Sevier or Matheson makes the Penguins roster, makes their, makes the top six, makes the, if Matheson makes the defensive core, if Sevier makes the forward core. It's going to be interesting to me. Now we can just get on to the signings. There are four four signings. Not going to take long. This is already a long, a pretty probably my longest podcast episode ever. But I'm definitely going to Oh, by the way, I'm definitely going to try and start putting out podcast episodes at least once a week, so look forward to that. Um and I'm just 
I'm looking to do big things with this podcast. I'm looking to up the audio quality, get get some microphones and all sorts of audio equipment so that I can take this podcast up up a notch. I really want to step step this up and bring this podcast to a higher level. Now getting on to the signings, the Pittsburgh Penguins re-signed Jared McCann to a two-year, $2.94 million contract per year. McCann had 14 goals, 35 points in 68 games this season. McCann's 24 years old, so he still has potential. He's pretty young. He still has potential. He's a depth, he's a depth forward. The Penguins have a lot of depth. Um, I'm not mad about this contract. I'm not mad about this. Two years, three million dollars. They're paying him six million dollars over two years. I, I I don't mind this contract for the Penguins. Jared McCann's solid. He's a solid depth player, and there's not much more I can say about this one. He's he's a solid depth player. He can get you 30, 40 points a season. As a depth player, like I said, he's twenty four years old. He's young. He has potential, and the contract isn't bad. The next signing we have is the Los Angeles Kings have re-signed Austin Wagner to a three-year, $1.3 million deal per year. Wagner had 11 points in 65 games. He's 23 years old. Austin Wagner, I don't know how much, how he's going to turn out. He is a decent, he's a decent, he's 20, he's a year younger than Jared McCann is. He's not going to make as much as Jared McCann. Jared McCann signed with a $3 million deal for two years. Wagner's getting paid significantly less at $1.3 million for three years. I mean, it's kind of a meh contract. I mean, he got 11 points last season in 65 games. Um, So he's not... I mean, he's not great, but I mean, I guess he's a decent fourth liner if you just throw him on the fourth line. But then again, the who knows where they're playing him because the Kings have no depth and are one of the worst teams in the NHL right now. It's another contract I'm not like super mad about. $1.3 million for three years. Eh. So three point, almost $4 million locked up in, in a guy who gets you 11 points, but... Hey, you do you. Minnesota Wild. Okay, this contract I'm kind of mad about. I mean, people can argue and say this isn't a bad contract, but if it turns out that it's a bad contract, you're not going to be able to move this. This is a contract that you're not going to be able to move, period. The Minnesota Wild re-signed Jonas Brodeen to a seven-year Six million dollar per year contract. They're paying Jonas Brodeen forty-two million dollars over seven years. Jonas Brodeen had two goals, twenty-eight points in sixty-nine games this year. He's not a offensive defenseman at all. He's a decent. He's a. I mean, yeah, he's a very good defensive player in the defensive end he's a good defenseman his offensive stats aren't he's not a terribly good offensive defenseman he's not 
He's not a good offensive. I mean, okay, 28 points is more than a lot of defensemen get. But Jonas Brodeen, I've never seen Jonas Brodeen as a um, top-pairing defenseman. I've never seen him as the number one defenseman on a team. And I've certainly never seen Jonas Brodeen be a $6 million for seven years player. He's 27 years old, so he's pretty young. He's not, yeah, he's pretty young. He's not, I mean, he, he, it's not like he's 35 and, they're, and he's about to fall off a cliff and not produce anymore. He's 27 years old. Does he have more potential? Yeah, I guess so. Can he be more of an offensive player? I guess so. I guess he can up his, I guess you could see him up his offensive game a little bit. But he's not going to score you 60, 70 points as a defenseman. He's going to get you 30, maybe 40 points max. And the Minnesota Wild signed him to a huge contract. This is a contract I don't, I don't like at all. Um, I would have liked to see... I mean, if you want to lock him up, fine. Do that. Pay him till he's... 34 he's locked up till he's 34 which I guess isn't terrible but pay him like four and a half five million you don't pay him six that's a lot of money for Jonas Brodeen I've never seen him as a guy that gets that can fetch that much money the last contract and the last um thing I have to talk about in this podcast episode damn it's been a long one 45 minutes 27 seconds right now so that's a long podcast anyway the last signing and the last thing i have to talk about in this podcast montreal signed joel edmondson to a four-year 3.5 million dollar per year contract this is a contract that i would like to see the minnesota wild give jonas brodeen maybe a million maybe four and a half five million for four years is more reasonable than seven for six that's that's just terrible or six for seven, whatever. Um, Edmondson had three goals and 20 points in 68 games. He's also 27 years old. So he had one more goal than Jonas Brodeen did. He had three goals. Brodeen had two. Wow. Um, I guess this isn't a terrible signing at this point. Um, there's not much to say about it. I mean... Is he worth $3.5 million? He's not a great offensive player. He'll get you 30 points at max. Um, but that's really it. I mean, 27 years old, just like Brodeen. So he's not, again, he's not about to fall off a cliff and not produce anymore. But he's also not, he doesn't have a lot of potential. He doesn't have a ton of potential left. He has some, not a lot though. Also, I did see earlier today that the Montreal Canadiens signed Jeff Hold on. Jeff Petrie to a huge extension. Let me just pull it up real quick. I didn't have I saw it right as um I saw it right as 
as I was about to record this. And I'm just going to throw it in here. So the Montreal Canadiens signed Jeff Petrie to a four-year, $6.25 million deal. It, I mean, it's not ter- terrible. Um, his contract before was $5.5 million. Is Petrie worth it? Probably not. I would have liked to see another $5.5 million deal for Petrie because that's where I think he's at right now. But, I mean, he's an offensive, he's an offensive defenseman. He's not a great offensive defenseman. He's not a terrible offensive defenseman. But he's a good player. I, I really don't see Jeff Petrie as a top as your number one defenseman. That's why the Canadians have Shea Weber. But I do saw, see Jeff Petrie as that very, not decent, but like the level above decent player. He's a very good player to play alongside of Shea Weber or lead that second pairing if that's where he plays because I really don't know where he plays. I don't know if he plays with Shea Weber. I don't know if he plays on the second pairing, but he definitely doesn't play on the third pairing because they wouldn't pay him six, almost six and a half million dollars if he played on the third pairing. Anyway, um, that's it for now. I will try, like I said earlier, I am definitely going to try and start putting out podcast episodes at least once a week, which I hope you guys look forward to. I mean, I don't know if you guys like the podcast. I've, I get a lot of plays. I don't get much feedback from you guys. So if you want to give feedback on the podcast, you can follow the Hockey Talk podcast over on Instagram at the Hockey Talk podcast. And you can shoot me a DM and give feedback on the podcast if you want to. So that's it. That's all I have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast episode and I'll see you next time.